This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from November 8th, our Veterans Day celebration. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from Psalms 72, verses 1 through 7, and then 10 through 14. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. Like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound till the moon is no more. And may he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And yes, Madeline and Heaven, I'm continuing on. May his foes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and all the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him and all nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and he saves the lives of the needy. From oppression, violence, he redeems their life. Precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all day long. Blessed be his name forever and ever. Amen. You know, it's really easy as Christians in the 21st century to find an opportunity here as you're reading the Psalms. The opportunity then becomes the moment where we automatically assume that the psalmist is talking about Jesus. He's not. The psalmist is talking about his son Solomon. And this is one of those weird moments where David is having the opportunity, and we can say that David absolutely is writing this. And he's praying for his son to do the right thing. How often we find ourselves in the midst of that moment Praying for our children, praying for our friends' children, praying for their children in such a way that maybe, just maybe, they would have the ability to do the just thing, the righteous thing. It is easy for us to automatically put it together with Jesus because Jesus did those things. He responded to the poor and needy. 
He healed the sick, and he preached about a new world where the first would be last, and the last should be first. And over the last several months, we find ourselves seeing in our daily actions ways as fulfilling part of that vision as a citizen of God's reign. Now, I think in the last seven months that we've had an opportunity here we haven't claimed. And I want to bring it to your attention. In the last seven months, I think that it would be safe to say that here in the city of Perry, we have seen more generous contributions given to help out people than we had the entire year before. And we should thank God for that. Amen? You've seen people in the community who, at some reason or another, felt as though they were lost and alone and separate from the rest of the world. And our community of Perry have found some way, somehow, to make sure that every single person... Now, I need you to hear this. And I'm going to get ramped up. So you all need to bu buckle your seatbelts and put your trays in their upright positions. That we have made it a priority that every single person in Perry has food in their home. Amen? We have also made it a priority here in the city of Perry that all people in our city have felt the love of God by a phone call. By making sure branches are cleared out in their front yards. By making sure that they're okay. You've seen this in the last seven months probably more than we have ever. And we get to be witnesses of that. We might say that this reminds us of Jesus, but I would say it reminds me of you. And it reminds me of our community. You know, my favorite part that I have with people as we discuss things that are going on in today's world is just the fact they say, but Josh, what about that, that, those that come into our community and they don't have food? What do we do for them? And the conversation starts to broaden. How do we take care of the needy and the just? <laughs> God, may you constantly help those who have no one to defend them the weak and the needy, it says. I know a lot of us are, um, I'm going to use the word disheveled after Tuesday. I know a lot of us are confused. A lot of us could be angry. A lot of us are joyful. A lot of us are sad. There's so many mixed emotions at this moment, but at the end of the day, that's the world of humankind. And as Christians, we must look and beyond, be beyond that, those things. It makes sense when Jesus brings attention to the aspects of 
what our sole purpose is when the Pharisees corner him and says, well, what's the greatest commandment? Not who's the greater power or party. They ask what matters to them. What is the greatest commandment? Now, they're not doing it to really find out. They're trying to set him up. And, the, and he very simply says, well, it's simple. I don't know why I have to explain it to you. It says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, mind, and soul. And if you can't figure that out, love your neighbor as yourself. I will not allow us to allow ourselves to tear down everything that you've worked for in the last seven months because of a political disagreement. Look at the beauty of the expression of God's love in our community. Look at it. Embrace it. Yes, things that took place this last week are painful and they hurt. And for lots of reasons, your party may have won. Your party may have lost. At the end of the day, you are still children of God. And those things still move on. About 20 years ago, I was serving a congregation, and this sweet little old lady comes up to me, and I had to call her that, by the way. You know I don't like using the term old lady. She says, Josh, I'm a little old lady. I am not a seasoned citizen. I earned my title fair, she says. And she looks up at me one Sunday after worship was completely over, and she says, Josh, I want you to know something. We love you with all of our heart, but ministers come and go. And the congregation still remains. Now at the time, I, I felt insulted. Are you trying to say it's time for me to leave? I've only been here a year and a half. And at the time, I thought there was something wrong with me. Like she was trying to say, well, you're, you're, you're okay. And maybe because when I was a kid, I had a hard time bragging. Yeah, I'm just not going to lie. It was hard not to brag about my dad, Lieutenant Commander Chaplain Bell. It was hard not to brag about all the places we got to see in the world. It was hard not to brag the fact that I, by the time I was in fifth grade, I'd met the governor of Oklahoma, the governor of Texas, and bits and pieces of people in leadership roles in the state of Washington because my dad was always asked, because he was the only chaplain within about 500 miles, to come pray at military events. I had a lot to brag about. I had a lot of things to be excited about. I remember after the bombing in Oklahoma City, my dad was asked to come and be a part of a Memorial Day service and asked him to pray at the beginning of the service. And I remember very clearly us getting to Tulsa and going, uh, this is weird. And then going from Tulsa to Oklahoma City and, and this big parade that my dad was in and just sitting there watching my dad from a distance as he's in his choker navy whites, which they don't wear anymore, but they're wearing his choky, choker navy, naval 
whites, and he's standing in front of everybody, and he opens it up, and I remember there were thousands of people in this area, and they stopped talking to hear my dad pray. And I remember my dad's prayers are always eloquent, always beautiful, not to say that my mom's aren't either, because I know they're both watching, but... In the moment, I remember the whole crowd hushed as my dad spoke words of peace in front of military veterans that were obviously struggling with PTS. We didn't have a name for it then. You remember after World War II, we called it shell-shocked. After Vietnam, we just said they were battle-worn. It wasn't until after Iraq that we realized the implication of what takes place for these people in the midst of battle. And I remember my dad having such a way, and still has a way, that brings peace, even when we consider ourselves like the savage beast. You see, the reason I picked this passage of scripture was is that it was from David. And as I was telling my Sunday school class, the thing that he's known for is, is that he had a way of singing that would soothe the savage beast. And that's why all of the Psalms are attributed to him. Did he write them all? No, but it doesn't matter because the songs, the ways the poems are written are supposed to give us sense of comfort and peace in the midst of the moment. And here he's praying that his son would do the right thing and take care of the needy, stand up for the oppressed, to find healing in the midst of doing what God had called him to do. And there was my dad, standing on the, the pavilion in front of all of these thousands of people, and as he spoke, the crowd calmed. Everybody stopped yelling and screaming. And they all put their attention towards the stage. And I don't even remember what he said, but it was something to the effect of, and may God bring peace on this earth. May God bring a moment where wars are no longer necessary. May God bring a sense of comfort to those that are pained and afflicted. Again, my dad's much more eloquent than I am. So here we are. We have the moment. We have the opportunity to give ourselves an anticipation of a new era, and I'm not talking politics, I'm not talking about what does it look like on the other side of COVID? We're just now starting to see what it looks like on the other side of an ice storm. What does it look like on the other side of making sure that everyone has a roof over their head in Perry? What does it look like 
in that high anticipation of this new era that we find ourselves in. When you look at it through the later Jewish eyes, but especially through the Christian faith, that if Jesus Christ is the person that he's speaking of here, it's as if God is continuing to move among the people that act to rescue the poor and to help the oppressed. So in conclusion, we come to this moment that we as citizens of God's realm and happen to be members of the United States, how do we extend our ministry in such a way that lifts up this psalm? You've seen it already within our own city of Perry. I would, I would encourage you to look at the ways that other communities are finding ways of loving one another in the midst of a pandemic. How do we feed one another is just a portion of that, right? Ultimately, he starts this with a prayer to God to take care of his son, who he hopes will do the right thing. And I'd like to end this moment with a prayer for us to do the same. Would you pray with me? God, we come to you just as we are, which is imperfect. And we have lofty goals in our hearts and our minds. We have lofty ideals that seem to resonate with today's culture. And God, we just ask from the bottom of our hearts that you give us a sense of peace. As the world literally catches on fire and as literally as people yell, scream and holler and want to cause anxiety and anger and violence, God, we ask that you would help us to be different. We say that we are Christians, that we follow in the footsteps of the one that we call Jesus. So God, empower us to do so. Let us not turn a blind eye to those that are oppressed, that are treated unjustly, Help us put aside all of our differences, whether they're political or philosophical or even in the ideas of economical. God, we ask that you help us put them aside and put our eyes towards you. Guide us to help the needy, to stand up for the oppressed, to do what is right and just in your eyes, not the world's. We ask all of this in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. Each moment in peace eternal. 